Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the six biggest weight loss myths for women over 40. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. So a lot of women that we speak to in their 40s and 50s struggle to get the scales moving because they're not sure of the best approach to take. There's so many different things out there from swimming clubs to eating low carbs, cabbage soup diet, 5-2 diet, HIIT training, intermittent fasting, gym classes, keto, spinning, running. There's so many different approaches out there. And what makes things even worse is that many of these approaches don't actually work very well for women over 40. There are a lot of weight loss myths out there, which could actually cause you to take a step backwards with your results instead of moving closer to your goals. And this leaves many, many women over 40 feeling completely stuck. So they're kind of watching their weight go up and up every single year, choosing what to wear to cover up problem areas rather than wearing the things they like, dreading beach holidays and no longer enjoying things like going shopping for clothes, all because of the amount of weight loss myths and misinformation out there, which is pushed all the time by the media, by tabloids, TV and social networks. So in this week's podcast, we're going to reveal the top weight loss myths that keep women over 40 stuck and unable to lose weight. And we're going to show you the exact path to follow with your eating and with your exercise so you can drop one to two dress sizes and feel incredible in all your favorite clothes over the next three months. Awesome. So we're going to get stuck in straight away with myth number one. We've got six myths for you today. So the first myth is that, and we see this all the time, is that you can do the same things that you used to do in your 20s and 30s and it should still work the same. So you might have done a particular diet a few years ago that worked quite well. It could be something like doing a slimming club. It could be the cabbage soup diet that Ben mentioned, doing the 5-2, HIIT training, gym classes, spinning, running, or eating 1,200 calories, or maybe even less, like 800 calories on a shake diet. And here's the thing, that may have worked fine then, but the truth is, and most of the women we speak to have kind of figured this out for themselves, the body and the lifestyle for most women over 40 is very, very different. So there's two reasons for this. Firstly, hormonal changes can start to happen five to 10 years before menopause. So before clinical menopause, which is where you go an entire year without a period, hormonal changes can start to happen much, much earlier. And there's not much awareness of this. There's not much discussion about this. It's starting to come a little bit better, but that's the first reason why the body's different. And then the second one is life tends to get a lot more stressful as well uh, in our experience for women over 40. So usually there's a, a conflict between progressing in your career and then loads of family responsibilities, whether that's for aging parents or for younger children. And those two things are pulling you in different directions as well and adding a lot more stress onto your plate. And the, the thing is the body does change quite a lot over 40 and more than most people realize. So it's actually more significant than menopause is, the way the body reacts to stress and specifically for women over 40 changes a lot. So stress, when you're exposed to stress, and this can be from anything, it can be from exercise, but it could also be from work stress. It could be from not eating enough food that stresses the body as well. It could be from an emotional thing that's going on. It could be from family related issues, whatever it may be, they all 
impact the body in the same way in terms of your hormones. So it triggers the release of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And this is called the stress response. So a stressful thing happens, cortisol is released. And that's good in short bursts. So like if you do some exercise, cortisol is released that then triggers your body to burn fat and also to build muscle and come back stronger. But if the stress level is elevated all the time, so you're constantly stressed out and you're overstressing the body, this causes a lot of problems and that's called when it's chronically elevated. So when cortisol levels are chronically elevated, so they're too high all the time, it makes weight loss very, very difficult. And this is for three major reasons. So the first one is called leptin resistance. So this is a hunger hormone. And if you become resistant to it, you're gonna have increased cravings, for, especially for comfort foods, salty foods, sweet foods, packaged foods, you know, processed foods. And you're also not gonna feel full even after eating. So leptin is one of these hormones that tells you you're full if it's, if it's, being, um, if it's working correctly. If it's not, so you have leptin resistance, which can happen from this, this stress response, then you're still going to feel full even after you've eaten. And then you're going to want to eat more and more and more. So that's how you can lead to these sort of binge, binge, binges, you know, these late night eating sessions that can cause a lot of issues. Second thing is insulin resistance. So insulin is another hormone. If you're resistant to in insulin, what tends to happen is it makes it harder to lose weight and especially from around the middle. So for most of the people we work with, one of the main areas they want to lose weight from is around the middle, that middle age spread. If your cortisol levels are too high, not managed correctly, then it will make it hard to lose that weight from around the middle. And that's why a lot of women get over 40 struggle. And then the third thing is thyroid deregulation. So the thyroid is the organ that controls your metabolism. And if you have thyroid deregulation, it's going to slow your metabolism down, meaning you have to eat a lot less or do a lot more activity to lose weight when you're over 40. So all of those things happen if stress levels are too high, but the real reason it gets harder for, for, for women as they get older is because the stress response to the spike of cortisol after, you, after something stressful happens increases with age and it increases three times more for women than for men with age. So it becomes a much bigger issue for women. And when cortisol levels are too high for too long, it makes it harder to lose weight and easier to gain it if you're not managing, if you're not bringing it back down again. And for a lot of our clients, their lifestyle is a lot more stressful. You know, they're managing their team at work. They're reporting to directors all the time. You know, they've got loads of projects and email inbox that's constantly filling up. And on top of that, they're raising a family, looking after the home, caring for aging parents. The result of all of this is their stress levels are very high and they don't have much time. So the reality is you can't just do these things that you used to do in your 20s and 30s because they overstress the body further. They're going to make your stress levels, your cortisol levels even higher. So things like HIIT training, things like spinning, things like running, things like really low calorie diets, all of those cause the bodies to be over, uh, body to be overstressed and therefore make it really, really hard to see progress. So what you need, the solution to this, is you need something that's optimized for women over 40 that's going to work with your changing hormones rather than against them and rather than making it even worse. So it's going to need to be something that keeps your stress levels low and something that takes the minimum amount of time for the maximum results. So it doesn't take too much time, doesn't overstress the body, and that will therefore make the weight loss come off, you know, actually much more easily than you'd expect. For most of our clients, they realize it's not the age, it was just the approach they were taking wasn't right for them anymore. So that's the first myth, and we're going to talk more about the solution later on. The first myth is that you can keep doing the things you used to do, perhaps in your 20s and 30s, and see good results. You cannot, you need something that's right for you that's going to keep your stress levels your body's internal stress levels low so you can see good results. 
So the second weight loss myth then is that all weight loss is the same. So a lot of different fad diets and slimming groups out there, they're mainly just aiming for weight loss as kind of the number one goal. So what tends to happen is people sign up for a new diet or new slimming club, then they'll make you ban certain foods, cut out certain foods, replace meals with lots of with things like shakes or juices. So you want a very small amount of food. Um, you also might combine that with kind of lots of cardio type exercise as well. But this kind of extreme approach um, may lead to a lot of weight loss. So it might lead to, for example, like five to six pounds in the first week or less, which you might look at that initially and think like, wow, that'd be great if I could lose those five to six pounds in the first week. And that can lead people to think that the program is working for them really, really well. But the truth is, all weight loss is not made the same. So your body is made up of many different things, not just body fat. And most fad diets capitalize on this to make it seem like you're seeing better progress than you really are. So your body is made up of bone, it's made up of organs, muscle, water, the mass of the food you've got. And then last but not least, body fat. And when we're trying to, when you're trying to diet, when you're trying to lose weight, the thing you want to get rid of is body fat. You don't want to get rid of bone. You don't want to make your organs smaller or lose muscle or dehydrate yourself or just have no food in your system it's body fat that you're trying to get rid of and most different fad diets they do things like they cut out carbs and this works to help you lose overall weight because for each gram of carbs that your body has uh, say for example if you eat carbs your body stores those carbs in all of your muscles so your muscles have this sort of carb storage and for every grams that gram of carbs that you store in your body your body can also store three to four grams of water so if you completely fill up yourself with carbs and water, you're, you can carry quite a significant amount of extra weight. So by cutting out carbs, you'll see all of that carb weight disappear, you'll see all of that water weight disappear, and you'll see a dramatic change on the scales, but you may not have seen any change when it, when it actually comes to body fat. You just lost carbs and just lost water, which is like, it's not actually making any progress forwards. Other things that they'll do is they'll help you, they'll make you reduce your salt intake. Again, this can create a significant drop in water retention and therefore you'll see your weight coming down. They do things like they starve you on very little calories, which means you can end up losing muscle mass. You can end up losing bone density, which again adds to the amount that you're seeing coming down on the scales. And other approaches will either make you avoid exercise so that you lose muscle mass as well, and sometimes bone mass, um, or they'll make you do types of exercise which also contribute to you losing muscle. So if they make you do lots of cardio exercise, for example, that may also contribute to muscle mass. But the overall thing you need to know is that the approaches taken by a lot of fad diets, they're really designed to just make you see the biggest change possible on the scales. They're not optimized to help you lose body fat. And losing body fat is what's gonna make you feel smaller. It's gonna make you fit to clothes better. It's gonna make you look better overall. The, it's the change in actual body fat that's going to that's gonna make that happen. The problem with this water weight loss or any of the other types of weight you could lose, um, if you lose water weight or carb weight, it's just temporary. So as soon as you hydrate yourself back up, as soon as you eat carbs again, you could easily put on, let's say you lose five pounds in carb and water weight, that carb and water weight, five pounds will come back on instantly as soon as you eat carbs, as soon as you rehydrate yourself. So that's all just temporary, that water weight loss. And then muscle loss is something that happens with aging anyway. If you lose muscle, you'll feel weaker, you'll feel sluggish. It's not necessarily very healthy with, with um, healthy as you age, and it can could, it could cause you to have accelerated aging as well. So losing water weight and losing muscle mass 
are not necessarily very good for you, although they'll help you see a good change on the scale. So a solution to this really is to just make sure that you're focused on losing body fat rather than losing just weight. And I know a lot of people get obsessed with weight. That number on the scales kind of just becomes all consuming, especially when you're used to following approaches which which focus around those scales. I mean, I know they've changed their name now, but the when it was called Weight Watchers previously, now WW, Weight Watchers, literally watching your weight, um, as in looking at the scales. It's just, um, I think it's just a, a previous kind of way of doing things was that like weight was the number one thing. But for a lot of women over 40, they come from that sort of previous way of doing things. They come from a lot, they've followed a lot of these old school type of diets and it can be easy to get the, the sort of weight is everything mentality drilled into your head. It's just about realizing that weight loss is not the be all and end all. And the focus should be on losing body fat rather than losing just weight and doing that in a way that's really sustainable. So a few tips to help you do that. Number one, avoid cutting out whole food groups and instead focus on eating the right amount for you over the weeks. That is really the key amount of thing is that the key amount, the key thing to follow with nutrition is that you're eating the right amount for you over the course of the week. Second tip is to avoid muscle loss by doing strength training. So if you do three sessions per week, three to four sessions per week is what we recommend of strength training. So just lifting weights in a slow and controlled way, that's gonna help you to maintain your muscle loss main muscle mass to maintain your strength um, to keep yourself feeling nice and firm and toned and the third tip is that when you measure your progress don't measure your progress just in terms of weight weight can be a useful indicator of how you're progressing but we always recommend people measure their inch measurements as well so you can take measurements around for example your waist your hips each thigh you can measure around your bust your arms and if you have an idea of how, where your measurements were when you started and then where they are a few weeks down the line, most commonly people will see a reduction in their waist measurement, a reduction in their thigh measurement. They'll see that weight coming off from around the middle, especially if they're doing strength training, eating the right amount of food. But yeah, when you measure your progress, measure it in terms of inch loss, measure it in terms of visually how you look. If you take a photo at the start and you compare a photo after say 12 weeks, you should be able to see a visual change. And then weight as well, can be useful, for example, to look at what did you weigh at the start of a program and what do you weigh after 12 weeks. But yeah, make sure you're measuring progress in terms of a number of different things. But overall, focus on losing body fat rather than just losing weight. Okay, so on to the next myth then. So this is one we hear all the time. And it's something I said at the beginning, I used to believe as well when I was just sort of starting my own fitness journey. And it's that you must do cardio in order to burn fat. A lot of people think that cardio is the best or even the only exercise for burning body fat. And you'll see loads of posts on social media about this, things like sweat is your fat crying. And it does seem logical. So I get the, why this confusion happens, partly because of all the marketing out there, but also because when you're really working hard, when you're sweating loads, it can feel like you're doing the most and achieving the most because you're covered in sweat, you're drenched in sweat. You think, therefore, I must be burning the most fat because it's really really difficult but here's the truth so cardio can burn a lot of calories but it isn't always the best way to lose weight and tone up for women over 40 in fact it's often i dare i say it, the worst way or at least far far away from being the best way and the reason for this first of all is a lot of cardio these days especially what's fashionable with hit training is it's, it's often high impact so either hit training running both of those are very high impact which First of all, 
they can actually lead to burning muscle, especially things like running. So longer distance, longer duration cardio, especially if you're older and your body doesn't naturally hold on to muscle that well. They won't really turn and tone or phone up, firm up your body very well. And worse than that, often they will lead to injuries because they're really, really high impact. So jumping up and down, if you've already got kind of sore knees, dodgy knees or hips or shoulders, doing burpees, doing all of this, this kind of high impact stuff or running on a pavement, pounding in, you know, pounding the pavements is very likely to lead to injuries. And when you get injured, it's very hard to stay motivated and stay consistent. And then the last thing is, worst of all, really, all of these forms of cardio exercise will ramp up your stress hormones and therefore they can block you losing weight for the reasons I discussed earlier. So for the leptin resistance, the thyroid deregulation and the insulin resistance. So actually it can seem like you're doing a lot, but nothing happens on the scales and loads of people we speak to talk about this and it's because they're doing the wrong exercise for their body now. So the solution is to do some exercise that actually works with your body, with your changing hormones. What we find works best for our clients is to do something called LIST training. So L-I-S-T, which stands for low impact strength training. And what they do, like Ben just mentioned, is lift weights in a slow and controlled manner. Almost all our members do it from home, just 30 to 45 minutes a session, three to four times a week. And the reason this works so well is it's because it's really kind to your joints. So it's slow and controlled. There's no jumping up and down on your joints. It builds muscle really well, which means it's going to tone you up. You're not going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're going to build lean toned long muscles, which will make you look great. It will lift your bum. Loads of our clients on the retreat last week were saying how their bum has gone from kind of being an old person bum. This is what they were saying. to sort of saggy and flat to being lifted. And like it used to be when they were younger again, they'll do the same all over with your arms, you know, tone up your arms. You won't have those bigger wings, things like that. It carries a much lower injury risk as well because you're not jumping around, you're not doing all this unnecessary dynamic movement. And it, most importantly, really, it'll avoid raising your stress hormones because it's slow and controlled. It will still burn fat, but it will also tone you up and it won't have all the negatives we've just talked about. So in our experience, our clients are able to lose one to two stone every 12 weeks doing three to four low impact strength training sessions a week. No cardio at all. And the clients like Lou, who you may have heard from, I think I'm interviewing her again in a couple of weeks, who's now lost seven and a half stone with Trinity, has done that with zero cardio. So that's just proof again, you don't need to do any cardio. In fact, not doing cardio can work a hell of a lot better. So that's myth number three, that you need to do cardio to burn fat. You don't need to. And in fact, you probably don't want to unless you love doing cardio. Otherwise, I'd avoid it. So myth number four, then, is that there is such thing as a slow metabolism. So the theory is that some people are born with kind of a fast metabolism, so they can eat whatever they want. Some people are born with a slow metabolism, which means they're going to struggle with their weight. But the research shows it's not actually about metabolism. And for most people, this is kind of vastly the same from person to person. Um, the exception would be, for example, people who may have issues with their thyroid, like other kind of medical issues, which do cause them differences in their metabolism. But aside from that, from person to person, it's all kind of roughly the same. It's more about what a person does or doesn't do each day that will mean that they burn more or less calories and therefore they have an easier or a more difficult time with their weight. So a person who seems to have a fast metabolism, they might move more, they might fidget more, they might not be tied to their desk for eight hours a day, they might not sit down all evening. Um, these people could also be taller, they could also be more muscular, and there's also differences between genders. So generally men will have a faster metabolism than women. Um, 
also because men tend to generally be taller and tend to generally be more muscular. But the solution to this really is just to um, consciously plan. Don't know why I struggled with that word so much there. Consciously plan to move more so that you burn more calories. So how much someone moves day to day is partly genetic. So some people might have to plan this more carefully than others. So for example, for myself, I'm probably a person, I move all the time. I'm constantly fidgeting. I'm always walking around. I struggle to make myself sit down and do one task for a long period of time. If I go a few days without exercising, I start just think my brain starts coming up with like, I need to go outside, I need to go on a long walk, I need to go on a run. A bit like a, a bit like a hyperactive dog that always needs to be doing something. Um, so you may be that way, but if you're not that way, it might be something that you really just need to focus more, just making sure that you plan to move as much as you possibly can. So things you can do is you could plan a lunchtime walk each day. It doesn't have to be lunchtime, it could be morning, lunchtime, whenever it suits you. If you just plan in every day, I'm gonna try and do a walk, that can really help. You can also plan to do something active in the evenings. So for example, it could be redecorating a room in your house. It could be that maybe you've got an errand to run. You're gonna walk down to the shop rather than driving down. You're gonna go and visit a friend. Maybe you walk around rather than driving around. Just aim to be as active as you possibly can. And just other little things, like let's say you're gonna make a phone call. Don't sit in a chair while you do the phone call. Stand up, just walk around with the phone, pace around the room, do a few little steps here and there. Um, but the more active you can stay, the better. And another really good tool that can help as well is if you grab yourself, these days you can get like a step tracker, activity tracker quite cheaply. So if you get yourself an activity tracker and you put some actual um, visibility on how many steps you're doing per day. So you get an activity tracker and you look at it and you're thinking, right, I'm doing 2000 steps per day. That's probably not great. But just by actually tracking your activity and having a number to aim for in mind. So if you decide, for example, you're going to try and do 8,000 steps per day. Then you might look at your activity tracker at lunchtime and be like, oh God, I've only done a thousand steps. Better go out for my lunchtime walk. So that can really help you to get motivated if you have a step count target that you want to achieve and that you track those steps and just try and achieve that each day. But overall, yeah. So metabolism wise, there's no such thing as a slow metabolism. The most important thing to focus on is just being as active as you possibly can outside of doing those list training workouts and together list training plus being more active that's really a winning strategy when it comes to the, the physical activity side of things okay so myth number five then this is another one that you know we hear a lot is that you should be losing weight every single week so a lot of people feel like if they don't see the scales dropping every single week then they must be failing they must be doing something wrong and they can very quickly get demoralized. And I, I get it. Look, it is, a, it is a measure of progress. We've talked about it today. It is nice to see the scales moving downwards, but it doesn't mean that week's a failure if the number hasn't dropped down or even if it's gone up half a pound or a pound. So what you need to do really is understand a little bit more about the body and why it may not lose weight every single week on the scales, even though you're progressing, because Otherwise, it's very easy to do have two weeks of not seeing any progress and then give up and then think, sod it, oh, you know, this isn't working for me. And the reality is body weight will never drop consistently, especially for women over 40, due to changes in water retention throughout the month. So firstly, this can happen due to monthly cycle, um, due to hormonal fluctuations throughout the monthly cycle. So if you are still having regular periods, 
or even if you're having sort of regular periods around perimenopause as well, this can have a big impact on water retention. So when estrogen levels rise and fall and progesterone levels rise and fall, this will cause a change in water retention. So the two key times this happens are firstly around ovulation. So it's usually day 14, halfway through your cycle, roughly. There's a big spike in estrogen and then it drops off. And this can cause water retention and often see a gain of one to two pounds in, in my clients around that time. The other time it can happen is in the last seven to 10 days before a period. So what people might call PMS or PMT week. And again, estrogen rises and falls, progesterone also rises and falls. And this can really cause quite a lot of water retention. And for some people, it can be up to three to five pounds of an increase on the scales of, from water retention, but it could actually be masking fat loss that's occurring. So you could actually be losing body fat. But because you're holding onto this water, you're holding onto more water than the body fat, it looks like your weight's gone up when actually it's going to drop down after that week. This can also happen during hormonal changes during perimenopause. So perimenopause is the period before menopause. So before you stop having periods entirely where your hormones start fluctuating a lot, you may be going through this at the moment. This is quite unpredictable. So things like estrogen progesterone will be rising and falling, especially progesterone will be spiking all over the place. And this can happen for up to five to 10 years before official menopause. So it can be quite a long time and it's quite unpredictable. It can obviously be accompanied by a lot of other symptoms. So hot flushes, anxiety, aches, pains, disrupted sleep, reduced sex drive. If you're noticing any of those, it's quite likely your weight will be fluctuating more due to water retention as well. So really, you've got to be careful and not look at weight too, too closely in a short-term basis because it's going to fluctuate around. And then the last thing that can cause, well, there's a few other things, but the last major thing that can cause changes in water retention are changes in stress levels. So we've talked about the stress hormone cortisol already. And when cortisol levels are high, so when you're very stressed, this can cause water retention as well. So cortisol can bind to the same um, receptor as uh, the hormone that causes water retention doesn't bind in the same way but there can be a lot more cortisol in the system than um than than the water retention hormone so it can still it can still cause um the same effect as as, as what that hormone is trying to do which is make your body hold on to water so it could easily lead to you holding on to two to three pounds of water when you're stressed and it will then drop off again after stressful periods and i see this a lot with members like i work with a member who's a prison governor and understandably that's a very stressful lot goes wrong in the prison and when it's really stressful when she has to go into tribunal at court that can cause her weight to spike up and then it always drops down again afterwards so really the solution to this is just to have set your expectations with your weight so don't expect it to drop every single week and use multiple measures of progress so you're not demoralized if the scales haven't changed one week so what we do inside our fit over 40 program is we also take body measurements every month we may also use photos depending on the person, not everyone, but we definitely use body measurements and also look, kind of see how your clothes are fitting as well, because those things are all really good judges if you're seeing progress, as well as looking at the bigger picture. So how your energy levels have changed, because often our clients will notice their energy levels rocketing, how you're feeling, you know, how confident you're feeling, your strength, your, you know, everything like that is also really, really important. And it can really help, obviously, to have a coach who knows what does cause the temporary changes in water weight. So if you're not quite sure what's going on with your weight, they can help you to decipher it and figure out what's going on. And if it's something to worry about or whether it's just a temporary fluctuation. So myth number five, then just to summarize is you shouldn't, you know, the myth is that you should be losing weight every week. And the reality is as a woman, especially over 40, you're not going to be seeing it necessarily every single week. But if you look at over a longer period of time, 
over a period of months, then you should definitely be able to lose weight. And our clients typically lose one to two stone in that time. So the next myth then is that you're that you can do it on your own, basically. And we see a lot of people trying to succeed on their own, but not necessarily seeing the results they want to see. And maybe you're in this position on yourself. Maybe you've been trying to succeed with different plans, different programs, different approaches, but ultimately you're not quite where you want to be with your fitness. The reality of the situation is it's easy to fail in private. So if you set up, for example, well, I'll use myself as an example. If I decide I'm going to go, if I decide I'm not really training for anything, I won't necessarily follow the best type of training plan. If I don't set myself out a training plan or have a training plan to follow or something that somebody else has put together for me, I'll kind of just vary my training depending on how I feel quite a lot. So I might wake up one day and be like, do you know what? Don't really feel like doing much today. And then I won't do much. So I'll do that sort of a base level of training, but I'm not necessarily going to be actually achieving anything. I'm not going to be moving forwards. I'm probably just going to be maintaining where I am. However, whenever I want to see some sort of improvement, some sort of gains, I usually try and look for a training plan that I can follow that somebody else has put together. So for example, I wanted to improve my finger strength for rock climbing. I went out and I, I found a, an expert in that and I paid them to put me together a program. They sent this program together and I followed that program religiously for eight to 12 weeks, something like that. When I did a half marathon, I had no idea how to do that. So I looked up a training program, found a training program somebody else had put together and I just followed that training program and it worked really well for me. The reality is with a lot of things, if, if you're going to succeed on your own, you probably would have done it already. Let's face it. If you're carrying a bit more weight than you want to right now, you probably don't want to be carrying that weight. Probably not like, you know, great. I'm loving that carrying this extra weight. You probably would rather have lost the weight. So if you were able to do that by yourself, you would already have done it. You would already have chosen to do it. So by deciding not to do it by yourself, you can save yourself years and years of struggle and lots and lots of effort just by getting a proven program, which is tailored for you, which is designed to work exactly for you. And even just having somebody to lay everything out in really simple steps can make it much more likely that you actually succeed. So a good analogy for this is like, you could try to fix your car by yourself. Like it, it's possible that you could fix your car by yourself, but you need a lot of time to learn how to do it by yourself since it's maybe not an area of your of expertise. Maybe we do have some car mechanics listening. I don't know. If it's not your area of expertise, you're going to have to put the time into learning it. You're going to have to put the effort into learning it. Um, you're going to have to have all of the right tools, all of the right equipment, and you're going to have to do that alongside everything else you've got going on. And a lot of the women over 40 that we work with, they've already got really busy careers they don't necessarily have loads of time spare they don't necessarily have loads of energy spare to learn how to do something as complicated as fixing a car or learn something that's just not their area of expertise so most people we know or most people we work with probably take their car to a garage to have an expert just do that work put in that time and effort and fix that for you because they've already taken the time to learn how to do it and it's, it's kind of exactly the same thing with fitness. With fitness, I think a lot more people tend to think, do you know what, I can do this myself. It's not that hard to figure out what I should eat and to figure out how to exercise. On the face of it, it doesn't seem that difficult. But when you're over 40, there are a lot of different other factors involved. Things we've, we've discussed today from hormones to your activity level to metabolism to doing the right type of exercise to balancing the amount of food that you're eating each day. It can be quite a complicated process. So unless you've got the time and effort 
to go out and to study nutrition and to study workouts and do a PT course and put all of that time and effort aside to learn that, it's going to be much quicker and much easier to just invest and find somebody who's already done that to just tell you, here's exactly what's going to work for you. Here's how you're going to get the results. And then by doing that, 12 weeks from now, you'll be a couple of dress sizes down. You'll be exactly where you want to be. Um, and you'll have solved that problem, but without having to put in the huge amount of time and effort that it takes to learn how to do that by yourself. And it's exactly what one of our clients, Siobhan, did. So Siobhan said, after working with her, she said, I've lost five inches off my belly, which is amazing. I've lost one inch from my waist, one inch from my hips, and my tummy is flattened. Result. I lost from my waist and hips. My shape is changing and I feel great in my clothes. I've also gained more with knowledge and understanding what works for me. And I love the workouts. So I feel that like I'm winning. I was unsure at the start, but I'm feeling hopeful. I now feel amazing. I have so many comments from people asking what I've been doing and asking for advice. My clothes fit better. I feel amazing and fit and healthy and have loads of energy. Trinity gives you so much knowledge and information. It's drip fed, which helps because it isn't so overwhelming and it's manageable. I work out from home and I get help and advice direct from Ben and Rob, which helps no end. Do Trinity, you will not regret it. The best plan I have ever done and sustainable, the great community too. So that's an amazing testimonial there from Siobhan. And we've got another one here from Susie who worked with us. So Susie said, I was a size 12 to 14 dress size and generally getting rather plump and very uncomfortable, not fit and with no muscle. I was very uncomfortable, no shape, unconfident, didn't want to go out and didn't want to get undressed in front of my partner, really quite depressed. I felt like I tried everything, but with very little results. I've lost seven inches total down to 10 stone 11, although I feel massively lighter than this and look even lighter. I love being strong and lifting weights. I've caught the bug and really feel it can only get better. I now walk around the bedroom naked without worrying what I look like and my partner loves it. Haha, <laughs> there's a few emojis there as well. Um, I now fit into dresses and trousers I could no longer get into at the beginning of the program. But most importantly, I can now get into my wedding dress ready for my big day on the 30th of September. I'm so very pleased. I will look and feel so great on my big day. I feel I can do anything. And most importantly, I know I won't have to worry about how I look or feel on the day and how I look will not hold me back. Plus, I will look amazing in a bikini on my honeymoon in Bali. So two excellent transformations there from Siobhan and Susie. And if you'd like to find out some more details about the exact program that they followed, maybe about getting that expert help with your fitness so you can find out exactly how to avoid all of these myths. If you want to get the type of results that, that Susie got, and if you want to try to get the type of results that Siobhan got, you want to find all the details of that program, just head over to www.fit40info.com and you can grab all the details on that page. Awesome. So that just about wraps it up for today's episode of the Trinity Fit of a Porty podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for another episode. We'll see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.